Welcome to the Black Heels and Tractor Wheels podcast, where we are sharing stories from a range of women from around New Zealand. For nearly a century, Rural Women New Zealand has been dedicated to strengthening and supporting women and children to become empowered members of their communities. We hope that by hearing these stories from inspiring women all around the country, you'll feel inspired yourself. We're your hosts, Emma Higgins and Claire Williamson, and we'd love for you to join and subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss our rural stories. Today, we are speaking to Chanel O'Sullivan, superwoman, jack of all trades, and someone who is doing some pretty incredible stuff in the startup space. Chanel is based at the stunning Lake Howie station with her husband and two children. She's currently working on Borage and Bee Meadery, along with running two super successful social media pages, Farming Mums NZ and Just a Farmer's Wife. We are extremely excited to have a chat with Chanel about taking opportunities building an epic New Zealand-inspired business, and juggling family life, also with the life of an entrepreneur. Please bear with us a wee bit on the audio on this podcast. It's a little bit crackly, but we promise that it gets better, and it's an incredible conversation with Chanel. Firstly, um, Chanel, just wanted to welcome you to the Rural Woman New Zealand podcast. Thank you so much for your time today, spending some time chatting to us. We know that you're super busy with all of the hats that you wear, so we really appreciate your time. Emma and I just wanted to ask a wee bit about your childhood. So asking you to kind of cast your mind back, I suppose, a few years and tell us a little bit about your experiences growing up. Have you always lived rurally? What was your family um, situation like at that time? Where did you grow up? Did you go to university? Just giving us a little bit of a picture of where you've come from would be amazing. Yeah, sure. Um, I grew up in suburban Auckland in Sunnynook on the North Shore. I went to the largest girls high school in New Zealand, two and a half thousand girls. By the time I was about 15, I think, we moved out to Wainui, which is a bit further out, and we had 13 acres and had the horse and that type of thing. But as a kid, we'd go to some uncle's farms and stuff like that. So I was exposed to rural living um, quite early on and knew that it really appealed to me. So when we were about 14, I think I was, we came down to the South Island for a family holiday uh, for the first time. And we went all throughout rural, like central Otago and all the different bits and behesas and out through Tekapo. And as soon as we did that, I said, as soon as I was old enough to leave, leave home, that's where I'd be going. So by the time I was 18, I was living on a high country station um, on the shores of Lake Pukeki as a shepherd. And before that, I, I did study agriculture, in, which at the time was the Waikato Institute of Technology. They had an agriculture program. So I spent six months doing that, then six months at a horse stud farm, um, yeah, and then ended up in Pukeki. So yeah, that, as soon as I got to the South Island, that was the plan to stay there. I met my husband about a month later. He was working at Holden Station down like near Lake Benmore at the Young Mackenzie Young Farmers Club, of course. <laughs> and yeah, so it kind of cemented my place down here. I ended up, yeah, shepherding for a while, dairy farming for a couple of years, which I moved down to the South Island specifically because I didn't want to go dairy farming up in the Waikato. Um, <laughs> and it ended up that I came full circle and ended up dairy farming anyway, which ended up being a really good move because it gave me a really good understanding of that side of the industry, which was valuable in hindsight. Um, I ended up going uh, vet nursing for three years and studying while working before getting married and having kids. So yeah, that's that's sort of a basic lineup till I got engaged on my 21st, married at 22 and had first kid at 23, which was 
I, I wouldn't say as a plan, but it was kind of the way that I always expect, wanted to do things. So then I had I had Izzy and then Farming Mum stuff started in 2013. You are such an achiever to be able to, first of all, have that idea of where you want to be or the area geographically of where you want to end up and then, you know, to meet your your man in such a way as well that's pretty incredible I actually lived in Wellington for a few years and I joined the Wellington Young Farmers and hoped that I would meet my husband through a very similar situation uh there were about 10 girls one guy so didn't didn't work out sadly um but anyway I think that's so cool so you've obviously done a lot of things so far in such a period of time what do you think if you had to not necessarily rank them all but just really evaluate all the amazing things what would be some of your proudest moments so far I've I quite often look back at all the things that I've done and have realized that every step that I've taken every job that I've been involved with or project has all led to different points of life like with with missing one of those areas the next one wouldn't have happened so it's kind of been a I wouldn't have got a nursing job if I hadn't had on-farm experience because they wanted someone hands-on. And then the farming mum stuff wouldn't have happened if I hadn't done the farming on both types to understand really intrinsically what was required and what was a part of the rural, rural industry. So I think being able to look back, and even though it looks really random on paper, it kind of all feeds back into certain points. Um, and I think probably the what I really like setting goals and ticking them off. So that's that's a big part of how I tick. And probably the most proud I've been recently would be the business that I've started with Borage and B and getting a product I didn't had no idea about in an industry I knew nothing about getting onto shelf um, in less than a year so personally the most recent thing was that was um, quite a crazy thing to pull off. (laughs) Tell us a little bit about Origin B. Mm. Yeah so in 2018 I read an article um, about sparkling meads in New Zealand there was one company that was doing it I'd already spent many years home brewing cider like yeah cider or fruit wines because that was, you know, living on high country stations or farms, there was always orchards that weren't being utilized and wild fruit on the side of the road. I knew how to make it. I knew that it was honey, yeast and water and it had to ferment into an alcohol. So I had the basics and wanted to give it a go because as soon as I read about it, I started noting down flavor combinations with the idea that they would utilize honey and produce to tell stories of our regions and um, produce and seasons. Um, so right at the start, I could see the potential especially on a almost a global scale when it comes to New Zealand alcohol and New Zealand honey it took me about a year till I convinced myself to do it I kept seeing things around like I met some people whose surname was Mead then I drove past Mead Road and I just kept seeing things everywhere and I was like this is getting ridiculous I need to just pull finger and do it so yeah December 2019 yeah, I said I'd give myself a year to get on shelf and we had that go six weeks early. So yeah, it's creating a cider or beer style light sparkling alcoholic beverage, but instead of using apples, we're using honey. It's a sparkling mead. It, it sounds amazing. So we've we've actually heard of it, obviously, because there's been a bunch going on and we, we get excited about it in our office. Mm. So we're quite excited to try it. Yeah. <laughs> um, can you tell us a little bit about where, where did you base it? What, what are you doing with your manufacturer and like how's that based? Like where is that based and um, how are you getting it into bottles? And- it's been quite a challenge. Um, every step of the way has been difficult and there has been challenges to overcome. It's been a real big learning experience. I'm based 
and how we are at the moment. And we have gone, we've trialed a couple of different manufacturers and we're hoping to the one that we're just about to take on is the one that we use long-term. Um, and they're actually based in Auckland. They're the only company who can do everything that we need from start to finish with our product. And yeah, so we're canning it. We're using art, the artwork on the cans is painted by local women actually young families in the Wanaka area so it's all very um it's got many 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 layers of story to it the beekeepers uh have young families in their small family owned apiaries one of them's in Twizel one of them's in Oxford and Canterbury so it's quite I'm trying to do it as regionally focused as possible with that whole idea that we want to keep money in the regions and I want to tell the stories of the fruit growers or the honey producers as well as everyone else's as a big part of it that is so amazing and I think um you've like you kind of said earlier you've got such a lattice of a bunch of different things that you've had going on and there's it's such an kind of entrepreneurial spirit is it something that you kind of always wanted to do did you want to be starting businesses and and growing things from a a young age or (laughs) is it just kind of developed starting the farms um groups group um back in 2013 it was probably from there on I realized I'd been told a lot as a kid I was probably a pain in the ass but it also being told you're you're going to lead something one day and I was like whatever doubt it (laughs) um and then it's just sort of folded into a few different options but yeah the goal I suppose always has been business ownership I would never develop another beer or another wine for example because it's been done so that's part of it I'd rather do something that no one else has done and create something unique uh, it's definitely a hell of a lot harder um, to do that and completely forge a new industry where people sort of 90% of Kiwis don't know what meat is. So that is certainly um, a bit of a challenge, but yeah, I think it'll, it should be worth it. But yeah, I've always, always been one who's wanted to work for myself and do my own thing. I just, I joke that I'm a terrible employee because um, I'm always trying to either work on my own things or improve other people's things. So <laughs> It's probably a pain in the ass. You're preaching to the choir over here. Yeah. Yeah. That's so so cool. Um, You've spoken about it being, it's clearly, there's been some challenges with getting your product to to market in various ways. And I just wondered, have you, whether it's this um, enterprise or just throughout your career more generally, have you had champions along the way? Because also I know that you, you spoke earlier around um, going shepherding, for example. Like throughout your career, have you had people giving you a helping hand? And what has that looked like? Yes, there has been times where that has happened. A lot of it comes down to also not being afraid to approach people, to ask for an opportunity or to ask for help or to get involved with something. Um, sitting around waiting for the right thing to come about you know, it's a bit of a risky business. Um, and my husband's been the same. If we've wanted something or if we've wanted to be a part of something or if we want to work for certain people or learn more, we'll go out and contact the people who are professionals in that space and directly learn more from them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's been a really big um, win over the years and a different way to approach things. Like it's not often that if a job came up, we'd apply for it. We'd be more inclined to go and say, this is exactly what we're looking for. And I think people don't realize that they can do that I think it's a really um underutilized sort of way to do things yeah yeah absolutely yeah totally yeah and my parents are big cheerleaders they um dad goes out and does local distribution of the mead and takes it into people and has got it into some stores and 
they've always sort of said they've never put any pressure on us to be anything in particular it's kind of been like give it a try and we'll see what happens awesome just to kind of change tack I suppose because obviously one of the biggest things early on that you did was the farming mums page and which has grown massively and I'm sure you possibly didn't intend that it was ever going to be so big why do you think it's become such a popular place for for mums and and rural mums to connect and and to create such a vibrant community in there yeah I think when it began it was really around connecting women who were quite active on farm um whether Mm. they're working in it working on it partners working on it and they're quite hands-on and then from there on it sort of spread out to being partners who didn't have a lot of knowledge of the farm and it created a really valuable multi-layered network of people and information covering absolutely every experience there is not one subject that hasn't been brought up over the years and I think I I remember speaking a lot of different rural women events for example and a lot of them said we wish we had this when we were younger it would have made a whole farming experience so much different because that lack of physical connection was very difficult because of the just sheer isolation of the industry Um, and also the transient side of it as well you know it might be that dairy farmers every two years uh, are going from farm to farm to climb the career ladder and in doing that there was no sense of stability there was no friends and family that you were taking with you but this way it gave it gave something stable and a network of um, experienced people in exactly the same position. That was really, really unique. I think that's why it did so well. And we also had always set a pretty strict right from day one saying, you know, this is how we expect you to behave. Um, if you're not going to behave that way, you don't, you don't stay, you get kicked out. And we were pretty ruthless and we pissed off a lot of people, but it's the only way that you can keep some integrity in a large group when personalities and, you know, you're expected to behave certain ways in certain places. If you want to go and stir the pot somewhere else you can but the longevity mm. of a group it doesn't stay if it's a free-for-all I love that and I you know I think they the saying is it takes a village to raise a child and I think a village looks very different today mm. than what it might have you know a couple of decades ago so I think that platform in particular um, for some people is their village so I think that's mm. really cool mm. talking to you uh you're in Mapo at the moment hanging out there but normally you are further down south by Lake Kawea so I just wondered what is it that you like particularly about living rurally everything really (laughs) I can't even fathom having a neighbor um we would probably get noise control called for a start um and my kids would be running around naked somewhere but Mm -hmm. I don't know I just we did as kids I mean that was suburbia when it was still quarter acre sections and we lived on a cul-de-sac and we all played and hung out I don't know I would do everything in my power to live rurally I mean we have we have a horse we've got a pet sheep no matter where we go or what we do in the future we want to make sure there's at least a few acres around us um depending on what we do career-wise and yeah I just I love everything about it I'm probably a bit of a I'm getting worse and worse with age that I'm sick of I don't I don't need to hang around with people <laughs> I don't get you know I'm very selective mm-hmm. it's, it's funny like I'll go into town or if I go to Auckland I'm like that's fine I'll be here for 28 48 hours mm-hmm. And I'm done. I want out. I need out. I don't want these people around me. <laughs> I think, I don't know. I've become a bit of, not a loner, but I'd just rather 
have that space, have that outdoors. And if I'm working, especially at the moment, I'm working some big hours on this business. I want to be able to walk outside and see green grass and go see the horse and go play in the garden. I don't want to walk out and see, you know, cars and houses and the smell of, you know, fuel. And I don't know. I'm, it's just something I couldn't imagine being any other way now. And what about the aspects? Because I'm not sure how often you guys have moved around, but what about the kind of community aspect of living rurally? We've often told about, you know, having your neighbour down the road. The traditional is you can get a cup of sugar, but I'm sure that changes. that's changed a little bit these days. What's the kind of community aspect like for you guys down there? And how does that fit in with your lives? And obviously when you've got children, that brings in a different aspect as well. What does that look like for you guys? Yeah, I think we moved, we moved from South Canterbury just about two and a half years ago to Hawea. And that's where the kids had gone to kindy and had gone to school. And we had the friends and family. Dave's family lived close. Um, when we moved, I, I kind of one half wanted to move. One half was really pissed off for a whole year <laughs> that we'd, we'd moved. And then like, you know, there's no family support. There's no one that we know. We're starting over again. Um, we'd moved houses a couple of times and I was just grumpy really until I had set this business up and sort of focused on something for myself. And now I really like the people around us. It's, I went for a run the other day and it was only this 3k loop. I was trying to just get in before a meeting and I ended up having three conversations in this little space in a rural area on the side of a lake. There should be no one else there. So it was quite nice to, even, even though I say that I don't want to be surrounded by people, it's really nice to have that bit where there's that familiarity, you know, you can walk around a supermarket and you actually recognize people. I remember coming into Wanaka for the first time, it was all tourists and I wouldn't have known the tourists from the locals, but then you start getting, you know, seeing familiar faces. And I think there's a lot to say about that, especially in rural areas. Um, and I think Hawe is a place that there's probably only two or three families that are from Hawe and everyone else has moved in. So it's one of those places where you say, where did you come from rather than, or how long have you been here? Um, so it's quite nice. Everyone comes here because they want to be there rather than there because that's where they were born yeah it's a, it's a cool spot with a list of accomplishments as long as my arm what does the next 12 months look for you um going forward for Chanel O'Sullivan um really scary <laughs> <laughs> um really intense I think I've been accepted into the Sprout agri-tech and food tech acceleration program so from over 100 applicants it got down to top 12 and I start that like today I think this week um so I've been assigned a mentor who I've actually met once before and he's incredible and it's all about developing a food and beverage business uh and they work with companies that they can see the potential of global global export and stuff so based on that I'm going to say the next year is going to be quite a lot it's going to be very exciting but it's I need to I suppose when I started this business I started with a whole series of goals and I've hit every single one and now I'm at a point now when I need to rejig the business strategy develop Mm -hmm. a media strategy and then really go hard on that so that's the point I'm at at the moment just trying to work out what the next six 12 months look like I really specifically craft that around a goal and then yeah go hard it's quite exciting that is that's awesome and like you said you've had the next opportunity from the last opportunity Uh a few times which is which is really cool um Chanel I just really wanted to honor you for not only coming and speaking to us today but all of the things that you're doing for rural New Zealand um obviously we're massive advocates over here and cheering you on every step of the way but there are so many big things that you've been able to do in connecting women um across New Zealand so that's that's awesome and thank you for that from us um and also all the best of luck for 
your new business where we'll be mm-hmm. yeah we'll be cheering you on and trying the meat and getting really excited probably <laughs> giving a little bit too much to be honest more Wilson um, more Wilson from Wellington here we go <laughs> good um and yeah just it's just wonderful to have such a great range of people to speak to so thank you thank you no my pleasure and I'll be up for the conference in November I believe too yes Rural Women New Zealand is a community of like-minded women who are doing amazing things in their respective regions and communities. This podcast celebrates the achievements, successes and stories of our rural women, which are also the foundations for our organisation's rich history. We want you to be part of our future story. So please join us by clicking on the link in the show notes and we look forward to welcoming you into the fold. Mm -hmm.